Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 1st of July 2013. I always suggest at the beginning of the broadcast, rather than pest you all the way through it, that you should make good use of the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Lots of audios for a free download. We go through the system you're born into and explain how it came to be, who runs it, and really you're run by private organizations. You have been for an awful long time, the most powerful, wealthiest organizations on the planet and how it's set up back a hundred years ago to do what it's doing today. They've got academia on board with them, and they, they basically plan the future. And you're not simply evolving into some natural system. You're, you're being goaded along it, nudged along it, and you're managed it from the very top. And through, and through all the news you get too, and the, the movies you watch too for predictive programming, gets you used to the ideas, this is how it's going to be, it's inevitable, etc. Number two, when you go into that site, you'll, you'll see other sites listed there. These are the official sites. They all carry downloads. You get sticking you on one, try another one. And they all carry transcripts in English for print-up. You can go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu for, for print-ups in other languages. And also, number two, you bring me to you. I don't bring on guests as advertisers. I don't sell stuff. All I have is the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, which are mine. And I go through the system for you through these these particular things. So if you want to know chronology, the art of chronology, because you're conned all the time, understand, very ancient art, chronology, uh, you can start to see how it, it worked even in ancient times up to the present times. It's much more effective today because they know everybody's personality through constant spying on everybody. And uh, so it's very, very easy. So you can always order them too. As I say, if you from the, from the US to Canada using personal check or international postal money order from the post office, Use uh, PayPal and or send cash across the world. You got Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal, and straight donations are really seriously welcome. Because uh, as I said, I don't want to sell advertising. I could sell lots of advertising and get a lot of cash for that, but I, I won't do that. So it's up to you to keep me going if you want to. Uh, personally, for me, it doesn't matter one way or another if I stay going or not. Because really, if people don't understand what's happening today, uh, then they'll never wake up. The ones who have woken up feel fairly powerless to do anything about it because they can't get organized into uh, numbers. And you need numbers, you understand, to be noticed by governments. And that's why a hundred years ago, those who gave you this con of democracy said that eventually we'll make sure that only those with large numbers and groups will be listened to by government. If not, if you're a single, single individual, they won't listen to you at all. And that's how it was meant to be, you see, under democracy. That's why, too, the U.S. was supposed to be a republic, to stop all that stuff from happening and being taken over. And it has been taken over. And the most crazy thing is people are going to celebrate the 4th of July shortly. And and in their mind, all these images of an ancient time, guys fighting for liberty, and, and they're all proud and so on. And they don't know they've been taken over. They don't know they've been taken over at all. I was thinking just today, I thought, well, you know, if London, uh, before the revolution, had come over to the U.S. with lots of troops and says, we're here to protect you because uh, the island of Tongo is going to invade you. We've got to keep you safe. 
they could have taken it over quite easy and kept on to it using proper techniques because people really will believe anything, you know. Especially if it's said by famous people with straight faces. And they do. So remember, you can order two and help me take along and hope you do because it's... Uh, for the, lot, for the many, many, many who thank me for it, for, for, who thank me for waking them up, that's the only sort of satisfaction you get because this is not a lucrative thing that I'm doing here at all. It's it's more than time demanding. It takes a lot out of you, including some of your years off you as well, I'm sure. And uh, it's a morning till the next morning type of deal. By the time I'm finished every day, back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. Years ago I said that truth is always stranger than fiction because fiction is enjoyable. Uh, even though you're programmed with all the PC updates and so on through your fictional works because you identify with the heroes and they can change your opinion on your views on certain things quite easily because you identify with them. But it also gets you ready for the next move, the next move and so on. And there's hundreds of movies out there, of course, all parted by the Pentagon and others. NSA, etc., to make the war on terror really real to you so that, so that uh, you go along with the next move and the next move and the next move as more and more rights are taken away all to protect you. And that's how it's been from the beginning, actually. Uh, think tanks, remember, thousands of think tanks are employed by private foundations, which are tax-free uh, and tax-exempt foundations owned by the richest guys on the planet, these big characters, many of them top bankers, international money lenders to nations. And, and these think tanks go over, over every part of the agenda, this global agenda. And they even have it worked on a chessboard how the public will react to this news or that news or this new law or whatever. And how many folk, pretty accurate too, how many folk will actually object to it and won't be too happy, etc. How to get around that, give them their leaders before you even introduce the thing. So train them in advance before you even introduce it, so that immediately someone stands up and says, I speak for the people, and you go behind them because you don't stand up yourself. You say, that's good, they've already supplied a leader. I won't have to. I'll just give them support. And that's how it's done. We're so easily conned and fooled. Because it's a full-scale warfare on the whole planet, remember. It's it's not an abstract, ad hoc thing. It's full-scale, well-planned, incredible too. Because those who control the present must always control the future for themselves and their offspring to control and we get so many articles dished at us every day, as I say. It's all data, data, data. I've read about the articles, too, where they actually talk at the top about, about data overload on the general public and how it will work to their advantage. Everything, every, unfortunately, everything does work to their advantage, too. And we get the whistleblowers to, the, that, are, that come out for us. I'm, I'm still out uh, on, the, on the ledge about these whistleblowers, actually. Um, because, um, some of them have agreed beforehand not to share data or expose data about certain countries. Assange said did the same thing. He said he wouldn't say anything about Israel or, or he wouldn't get anything published in the American papers. And, and so things like that. So it makes you really wonder, are they really bona fide or what? What, what are they, you know? And, and, I, and I really say, why do we need them? 
because you've had articles and mainstream articles for years now, already on the year here, and they go through the fact that the government's spying you on everything that you're using, which is electronic. I mean, why we all suddenly say, my goodness, it's government spying on us because somebody else said it. I mean, if they don't mind and they've accepted not being spied on, well, what's the problem then? Anyway, here's one that came out too. Another one says, The mobile antivirus and anti-malware software produced by Norton discovered that the Facebook application for Android was secretly identifying users' phone numbers and sending them to Facebook's servers. This is a news is especially interesting given that Facebook's role in the recently revealed National Security Agency NSA programs and the links are here for that too. I'll put them all up tonight at cuttingthroughmeets.com. It says, Indeed, Martin Dempsey, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, reportedly met with Facebook executives to discuss the program. Facebook also enjoys a cozy relationship with the intelligence community. The former chief security officer for Facebook left the internet giant for the NSA. No, he didn't. He went back to the NSA because they started it up. They get little front, I've said this so many times, they get little front men, you see, who are nobodies, massively finance them, tell them their role, as long as they get their mouth shut and play the game, play the role, uh, they'll have a great life, you know, and, and, and very, very wealthy and so on at the end of it. And that's what they give to you. It's more, see that, that's what fools you even more, like, oh, a guy, a, long, a young genius started this up himself. And, and you fall for it. Facebook also enjoys a close relationship with the intelligence community. The former chief exec, as I say, for Facebook, he left it for the, for the NSA. The student group in uh, Europe has also filed a complaint against Facebook over the handling of private data last year. A report revealed that Facebook was spying on smartphone users' text messages. And you know, Google, of course, spying on everything. Uh, and since this happened the first time the user launched the Facebook allocation and the number will be sent over the Internet to Facebook servers. You don't need to provide your phone number, just log in, initiate a specific action, or even need a Facebook account for this to happen, Norton said in an official post, which I'll post again tonight. A significant portion of the hundreds of millions of people who have installed the Facebook application were affected, according to Norton, the makers of Symantec. It's worth noting that in the past, Symantec has published information on intelligence gathering virus based in the U.S. has really made Stuxnet's uh, worm. And one Symantec researcher revealed that the U.S. targeted an Iranian nuclear research facility before it was built. Before it was built. So we have way ahead there. However, last year, Symantec also backed CISPA, C-I-S-P-A, a highly controversial piece of legislation. Facebook told Norton that they investigate the issue and will provide a fix in their next Facebook for Android release. It'll just be a fix to get around it so they don't detect it and still steal all the stuff. Because that's what it's all for, you know. Apart from that, the general public know all this stuff. They don't care. They really don't care. They're happy with it. You can talk to all their sock puppet friends. And also this article too, it says the NSA spied on European Union offices. Attacks from America, and uh, it says here that the National Security Administration headquarters in Fort Meade, Maryland, the NSA conducted digital eavesdropping against EU facilities. So the NSA's intelligence service allegedly targeted the European Union with the spying of activities according to Spiegel information. It says the US placed bugs in the EU representation in Washington and infiltrated its computer network. Cyber attacks were also perpetrated against Brussels in New York and Washington. 
information obtained by Spiegel shows that the American National Security Agency not only concluded or conducted online service or surveillance of European citizens, but also appears to have specifically targeted buildings, houses, or housing European Union institutions. The information appears in secret documents obtained by whistleblower Ed Snowden that Spiegel has in part seen. A top secret 2010 document describes how the Secret Service attacked the EU's diplomatic representation in Washington. It suggests that in addition to installing bugs in buildings in downtown Washington, D.C., the European Union representation's computer network was also infiltrated. In this way, the Americans were able to access discussions in EU rooms, as well as emails and internal documents on computers. Now, a big, big part of uh, all, all these guys who own, you understand that these agencies are owned by the same people who own us in all the countries. And they're at the top of the tree, uh, owning massive international corporations. It's economic warfare, too. They're going to know who's going to do what with their cash and all the rest of it. And then they get first choices on, on sure-fire bets, uh, investments that will never fail, can't fail, because governments are going to put their money behind it. You see? Since the tax on EU institutions have shown you another level in the broad scope of the NSA's spying activities, for weeks now new details about PRISM and other surveillance programs have been emerging from what had been compiled by whistleblower Snowden. It's also been revealed that British intelligence service GCHQ operates a similar program under the, the name Tempora, which was which global telephone and internet connections are monitored. And, it, and that is true, they do, and they've been doing that for years. The document Spiegel has been uh, seen indicates that the EU representation to the UN was attacked in a manner similar to the way surveillance was conducted against its offices in Washington. An NSA document dated September 2010 explicitly names the Europeans as a location target. The document also indicates the US intelligence service was responsible for an electronic eavesdropping operation in Brussels. A little over five years ago, EU security experts noticed several telephone calls that were being apparently targeted are targeting the remote mechanism, uh, maintenance system in Justin Lipsius building, where the EU Council of Ministers and the European Council are located. The calls were made to numbers that were very similar to the ones used for the remote administration of the building's telephone system. Security officials managed to track the calls to NATO headquarters in the uh, Brussels suburb of uh, Evere. A precise analysis showed that the attacks on the telecommunication systems had originated from a building complex separated from the rest of the NATO headquarters that's used by the NSA experts. And a review of the remote maintenance system showed that it had been called and reached several times from precisely that NATO complex. Every EU member state has rooms in the Justin Lipsius building that can be used by EU ministers. They also have telephone and internet connections at their disposal. And this is, um, well, you're thinking about it too. I mean, the fact is, they've been doing this stuff for years and years and years and years and years. And I tell you, you understand, America's not ruled really by what you think of as your government. Your government, your government really is not your government. And they're still the servants of their bosses, the richest guys in the world. Same, in, same as Britain too. And all the other countries. And that's why the multi-billionaires stay up there as multi-billionaires. Because as I say, they plan all the country's investments through all their various organizations for foreign aid and all the rest of it. And projects in Africa and elsewhere, which are really just money kind of funnels. And when they know that governments are going to back some project and private investors, they'll back them for dollar for dollar, maybe $10 to the one, then it's a win-win situation for the investors. That's how they get stinking rich and stayed there, you see. But I'll put this link up tonight for those who care to bother to read it. 
and also two several documents signed during joint work of Russian emergency ministry on and FEMA. So uh, the, the Russian emergency ministry boys and FEMA have been a deal. And it says here that, uh, this goes back, I think, to 2011. This is Russian Emergency S- uh, Situations Ministry and the USA Federal Emergency Management Agency are going to exchange experts during joint rescue operations and major disasters. This is provided by a protocol of the fourth meeting of the U.S.-Russia Bilateral Presidential Commission Working Group on Emergency Situations and 17th meeting of Joint U.S.-Russia Cooperation Committee on Emergency Situations, which took place Washington on 25th of June. The document provides for expert cooperation in disaster response operations and to study the latest practices. In addition, the parties approved the U.S.-Russian cooperation in this field in 2013 and 14, which envisages exchange of experience, including monitoring and forecasting emergency situations, training of rescuers, development of mine rescuing, and provision of security at mass events. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix. So, Russia and the U.S. is going to cooperate in all kinds of disasters, it says in this article. And, of course, it's quite fantastic because they've been training and exchanging people in the military, too, since the 90s, uh, even in Canada here. Some of the bases in Canada have had lots of Russian, especially officers, coming through and training with uh, national civil uh, law, apparently, uh, to get to know what the Canadian laws are civilian law. What would that be for? And um, getting back to disasters and all the rest of it too, uh, I mean, they've been spraying the, the, the blazes up the sky here today. The planes were actually lower than normal too. I guess they got so dumbed down, no one, well, they know most folk don't even look up ever. And uh, what it should have been a nice day ended up, oh, really foggy and all the rest of it. And the, the sky was just a, a mush by the time they were finished. Big, beautiful trays that were, were almost artistic initially till they all spread and merged together. And then you feel that kind of burning sensation in your lungs and then your nose starts sneezing away. And, well, this is a new normal too, isn't it? But they won't talk about that. It's too important that you don't really know. Most folk don't care, actually. This sounds so crazy. After all, their favorite TV anchor man should tell them since he's doing their thinking and reasoning for them. Also, it says in this article about Britain, it says more pupils are speaking English as a second language. The number of school children speaking English as a second language soared to a record high of more than one million this year amid a continuing rise in immigration that has emerged. And this official figures show that almost one in five pupils in primary education now speak another language in the home, following a sharp hike in the number of foreign-born pupils over the last 12, 12 months, they say he has been years. In inner London, native English speakers are now in a minority, with a proportion as low as a quarter in boroughs such as Tower Hamlets, Newham and Westminster. Crossing the number of children who do not have English as their mother tongue has increased by 54,000 in the last 12 months and around 228,000 since 2008. The number stands almost 1.1 million in, in 2000, oh, 2012, this is to 13. Figures suggest that the proportion of children starting school with English as a second language has now doubled since the late 90s. The disclosure and data from the Department of Education comes from its concerns that arise in the number of immigrants as having a significant effect on public services. This, this, this article comes out every year. Same in Canada. 
because a vast proportion of the, of the, of the educational money has to go now for teachers that speak their languages. And a lot of time is devoted and other ones are kind of ignored. But that's uh, progress, you see. And it says here, EU banks, or EU says the banks blocked competition in the derivatives market. Well, everything to do with money and markets has been a racket from the beginning. And it says the world's biggest investment banks colluded to stop competition in a profitable derivatives business, according to the EU. Between 2006 and 2009, Deutsche Börse and the Chicago Mercantile Exchange Limited tried to enter the credit derivatives business, but were denied licenses to offer trading in their products. EU competition officials say that big banks were behind that refusal. It says if the exchanges had been successful, banks may have lost out on business. The report focuses on one particular financial product, the credit default swap, that's what it's called, credit default swap, which is dominated by over-the-counter trading, trading provided directly by the big banks instead of via a financial exchange. CDs, CDSs are used by companies and investors to protect themselves against potential losses from a debt going bad or to speculate on the possibility of a company or government going bust. They were much talked about during the European debt crisis when bailouts caused steep losses for holders of Greek debt. They were also accused of helping to propagate the 2008 financial crisis, particularly when the large insurance company EIG, a major writer of CDS's contracts, almost went bust. Following the financial crisis, regulators in the US and Europe have been seeking to move trading of derivatives onto exchanges in order to reduce the risk of counterparties failing to pay out and to increase transparency. Well, transparency will be the day for anything to do with money. But I think everything is rigged, of course. And don't worry about it, because if anything goes wrong, the taxpayer funds it and bails them out. And uh, this is quite an interesting article, too, because, I mean, you know, scientists are, you know, science, like medicine and everything else, there's always those in research who want to get their name in history books. Uh, by doing all crazy things, too. Same the guys who are into cloning, too. Uh, just to get the name in the history books. It's awfully important to these guys, you know. Very important. But anyway, a scientist says, I can now transplant a full human head. And it says, um, in a paper published recently, Dr. Sergio Canavero of the Turin Advanced Neuromodulation Group in Italy says, advances in cell engineering means surgeons are now theoretically able to fuse a human spinal cord. Well, why don't they help all the folk who've damaged ones and... Hmm? Well, that takes money away from big pharma because, you know, was, you know, you treat, see, all medicine today is, is spent on treating. It's all to do with treating the symptoms. You got pain, we'll treat your pain. You got this, we'll treat, we'll treat that. We don't cure it. Because, you see, the longer you live, it's a great profit, you see, for the big pharma agencies that decide where medicine goes, you see. Anyway, it says this means it should be possible to transplant a full head successfully, just like Mary Shelley's classic tale for Frankenstein. The last previous attempt in 1970 saw the head of a rhesus monkey transplanted onto another at a lab in Ohio, U.S. Why would they do that? Hmm? But you know, too, if you look at old um, Russian experiments, you'll find they were using dog's heads back in the 20s and 30s. And you'll see videos of it. And they're cutting the dog's heads off even and, and putting in tubes with blood and so on and circulating the, the blood and watching the thing open its eyes and so on. Lots of them did. And that's what they showed the West. You think they weren't doing it with humans, folks? Back with more after this.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix, talking about the, the, the scientists, of course, because they're at the top of the tree for their masters, really, because they come up with great weapons and things like that. And they always get well paid to, 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 for more power for those who control them or own them, actually, and can control over the general population. That's what science is all about. Everything that comes out of medicine and everything, in fact, that comes out for the general public that you use scientifically was always done by the military establishment first and research and development by DARPA and so on. Anyway, it says, this guy had done it before with a monkey and, and swapped heads and it survived for eight days. He's awfully proud. Of that, he says, and I believe he's able to do this thanks to chemicals uh, uh, which fuse membranes, or they're called sealants as well, probably super glue. Some of these fusions are already commonly used for making medicines or in industrial manufacturing. He says in the paper, the greatest technical hurdle to such endeavors is, of course, the reconnection of donors and recipient spinal cords. And and so it goes on and on and on as they want more cash. You've got, they always got to publish stuff every year, you see, to justify their great salaries that they get. It's just like charities too, eh? I remember too the, the Heart and Stroke Foundation used to publish a little thing at the end of every year. And that's all the public needed to me. I think, well, the money's going to good use. They're using all that charity money. And they said red wine, uh, some red wine per day would stave off heart attacks, you know. And then the following year, they put it the opposite. The red wine wouldn't stop heart attacks. It was something else that would do it. And they go back and forth like this. Well, it's the same in, in these research scientists who, who have got macabre living, basically, living very well off the strange things that they do. But they all want to get their names in the books. And, of course, it's grant time. So you get all these articles getting thrown out at the same time when grant money time comes up. And also, this article too, which is, I guess, I guess it's a yawning story these days. Man who purchased a young boy in a foreign country and let other men abuse him for uh, pornographic films is jailed for 40 years. And the public are so jaded with the, with, the, with the almost porn that they watch, even mainstream's porn now, that nothing bothers them. An Australian man accused of making child pornography with a boy he purchased in a foreign country and allowing other men to sexually abuse a child was sentenced Friday in a U.S. federal court in Indiana, where the videos were found downloaded on a home computer. The 40-year-old man who investigators say used false, uh, falsified documents to adopt the boy after bringing him to the U.S. was sentenced to 40 years in prison after pleading guilty to conspiracy charges involving child exploitation. The judge overseeing the case said she accepted the plea guilt agreement only because the videos were too horrific to show a jury. During the hearing, the prosecutor said the charges stemmed from abuse that occurred when the boy was five or six years old. The prosecutor said they discovered video this week showing the man using the boy for a sex act when he was less than two years old. Maybe they, these are, this guy probably worked for Kinsey because that's, that's what he did all the experiments too. He employed guys to do this stuff. Investigators also alleged the man and his partner took the boy to foreign countries where they allowed the other men to abuse him, often recording the acts. The, the men sub- submitted the young child to some of the most heinous act of exploitation this office has ever seen, said the judge. The men had been living with the boy in California, well, where else, where they were able to use falsified records to legalize an adoption, according to court records obtained by the Associated Press. They're not releasing the men's names, but to protect the identity of the boy, which is a joke. Come on. You know, they're not, they're, these guys have, have names that people would recognize who prosecutors say had been rescued and was being uh, cared for in California. 
But this is, again, it's a yawn story today and it doesn't bother folk. And it's like, you know, most news you get now is that you, you think, well, it doesn't bother me. It's, it's nothing to do with me. Uh, or it's over there somewhere, somewhere else and so on. Have you noticed that? Mind you, too, most folk don't even know who the local councillors are. Or even how the local councillor works and operates. Or how much money they're actually putting down in the books for maintaining your, your, your roads and your side roads and so on. Uh, and, and shoveling snow every year, you know, moving all the snow or whatever else. It may surprise you that that's, uh, there's very little of that actually is done, but they always put down in the books it's done, and the money goes in their pockets, things like that. Everything's corrupt today, you see. IMF, it says, the International Monetary Fund. Uh, beautiful, like everything else, climate change will create jobs. Yeah. And so Christine Lagarde, the, the managing director of the IMF, who pays no taxes. You understand the private corporation uh, that set up all of these institutions, and the, the one who set them up was the Royal Institute of International Affairs. You read Carl Quigley's books. He was a historian for this group who still run the world today. Came up with a global plan and all the rest of it, taking over world's resources. And the Council of Foreign Relations, same group. And he went through all this, and he, and he says, we set up the, they set up the uh, Bank for International Settlements, the IMF, the World Bank, and so on. All private corporations. So a, a private institution sets up all these corporations, and it's going to plan, of course. And they don't have to pay any taxes at all. The same people who make everyone else pay taxes and put them in prison, if they don't. Anyway, he says, climate change will drive job creation. It'll create jobs. It will create disasters before it creates jobs, but it will create jobs. Well, it's true enough, it will create disasters. It's creating disasters, because all the geoengineers have said that if they ever started to do aerial spraying and, and so on to modulate the climate, along with the harp and all the rest of it, it would cause real intense climatic changes. But then they can use that to their advantage by blaming the general population, you see, which they are, they're doing. And it says that uh, her mark came in a wide-ranging interview about the global economy. She cited climate change in response to a question about where job growth can occur at a time when workers are getting displaced by automation. And it prattles on and prattles on. But I mean, you understand most articles you read are, are cons. They're either partial truths or, or very misleading or blatant lies. And it's article two, military escalation. It says Qatar and Friends of Syria Conference opens the new stage in the Syrian war. It's not going quiet on it, you see, as, as the West is rearming and retraining them and all the rest of it to, for the final assault in Syria. It's the Friends of Syria meeting in Qatar, June 22nd, ended with a communique announcing that Washington and its allies will take all necessary practical measures to arm the right-wing Sunni-based opposition forces, which have served as their proxies in a two-year civil war to overthrow the government of President Bashar al-Assad. The announcement opens up a new stage in the war and heightens the dangers of a regional sectarian conflagration. What they want, you see, is to be the same mess as Iraq is in now. Because years before it, uh, Kissinger said he'd rather, he'd rather see uh, an Iraq and other countries too that they'd take over decimated. And then you'd arm different factions of religions there, have them fighting each other, agitate it all, get them all fighting each other forever. And then there's no real control. Then private uh, military organizations go in, go in there with the big oil companies and just plunder the place for free. And, in fact, Kissinger said pretty much the same again. So did Brzezinski, but balkanization of, uh, of uh, Syria and, and Iran. Just balkanize them. In other words, same thing again, same plan as he, as, as he used before. 
Israel's also published stuff on that too, because then they can, their boys can go in with suits and ties on, not, not, not weapons, was like that, and become the new uh, politicos and so on, and also business management managers. Everybody's in on the act here. GM crops, the genetic colonialists, says here. Uh, the, the UK uh, says uh, the UK uh, and Owen Patterson can't help feed the world and save the planet. Says by opposing GM crops and Af- African land grabs. It says Owen Patterson, Environment Secretary, and, and Hugh De Jones, a plant molecular geneticist, view a genetically modified crop trial during a visit to Rothamsted Research in Harmston, Hertfordshire. It says. Given the British government's approach to protecting the environment by trying to sell forests, culling badgers, and cutting environmental protection, the environment sector's enthusiastic embrace of the genetic modification lobby is rather predictable, but no less of a disappointment for that. It's only, you're only disappointed if you believe the river on your side on anything. Some of my colleagues are still reeling that with his views on climate change, Owen Patterson would see fit to lecture anyone about science. But as someone born and raised in Africa, I felt particularly keenly his attempt to portray GM as a solution to world hunger. Most GM is in fact for commodity crops production using chemical intensive methods. But pressure is constantly applied to African governments, mainly by big U.S. corporations, because Africa and Asia are the only industry hopes for GM expansion. Global hunger is a complex problem, as much a matter of economics and politics as of agriculture itself. Though while we're producing enough food for everyone, but failing to distribute it equally, equally even the, the UK, half a million people get food handouts. That's, it's actually more than that. They've even got fuel poverty, poverty too, because the government's in charge of everything, just like wartime situations. This is advances in biotechnology to help us produce more are to be welcomed in a world where with an increasingly destabilized climate and a growing population. Wonderful war this, isn't it? It's true they use a climate and everything. And they've even got a futures market up there where got the big boys bank on who's going to fail in the crop systems because they'll get flooding or drought. And they just happen to know which ones to bet on. Because you see, it's the same things that came out with Snowden too, that all the big boys, big, big billionaires, we know all their names, get in, insider tips from the NSA. And, of course, the, the, the war establishment industry of all kinds of weaponry to be used in different countries. And weather warfare is one of them. You can't, you can't fail when you get advanced tips. Oh, we're going to flood the breadbasket of Canada. Oh, we're going to flood the breadbasket of, of the U.S. this year. Imports will have to come from here and here and here, and we're going to invest in them. And I'll say this a year or two years ahead of it happening. That's not bad information, insider information. Anyway, the fact is that the GM boys uh, have got the go-ahead by the, those who rule the, the, the governments, which is not the ones that you think you know at the top, and and they'll push GMO regardless, and the chemical stuff as well. I was thinking that too. All the spraying, the geoengineering spraying, they've got lots of mines, you know, involved in making this stuff. All these chemicals that come out. Remember two chemicals that can make it rain, the ones that can make it uh, uh, stop or disperse the clouds. I've seen it happen. Different kinds. Old stuff too, you know. But the quantity of stuff that must be mining to make all this is, is, is awfully lucrative for the big boys themselves. And then they've got harp involved in it too. I've got an article here I might read if I get to it towards the end of the night. And uh, multiple government agencies are keeping records of your credit card transactions. Yawn, yawn, yawn. I mean, I mean, don't you all know that? They've been doing that for years. 
where you're under, under the impression your credit card transactions are private. If so, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. You'll see below there actually multiple government agencies that are gathering and storing records of your credit card transactions. Well, actually, they're doing it with all your transactions. And in turn, these government agencies share that information with other government agencies that, that want it. So if you're making a purchase that you don't want anyone to know about, don't use a credit card. That's one of the reasons why the government hates cash so much. And it's true. It's true as much as you track all your electronic transactions. It's just so hard to track. In this day and age, the federal government seems to be absolutely obsessed with gathering as much information about all of us as it possibly can. What it is, you understand, when you're a slave. Remember I've mentioned this so many times, I wonder if people really get it. Because they can't really identify themselves as a slave because they haven't thought about it too deeply. But Charles Galton Darwin in the 1950s. After, after he worked on the Manhattan Project, and he was a physicist, but again, he's a relative of Charles Darwin. And he wrote his book, it's called The Next Million Years, and he said, we are now, he says, slavery has existed in all ages, in all types of slavery, in all ages. And we are in the process of creating a more sophisticated form of slavery. Well, you're in it, folks. You don't know it. You always thought that slaves, you, see, you watch the movies, and you think slaves are always manacled and shackled and stuff like that. No. No. And, and you, you, you try and, and just run off without paying something or another, and you'll see how fast it comes down on you. And when you think no one's watching you. You're a slave. You have a purpose to produce or, and consume. Consume. And pay taxes. That's it. Do you realize Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton in the US, often gets poo-pooed because he had ideas that were different from some of the rest. But Alexander Hamilton said, because at one time, Americans don't, Americans don't know it. They actually sent a, an envoy over to Scotland at one point and then over to, to find uh, the bonnie Prince Charlie, uh, who was in Italy at the time, to ask him if he wanted to be king. Because they fought against the, uh, London, basically, the English London. Oh, I don't say English because London really wasn't English at that time from people who came in and took over all the banking systems. They'd run, they ran the empire. You might say they created the empire. Because they profit from it too. But Hamilton says, it may be better to have a king uh, than thousands and thousands of government employees, bureaucrats, and their families. It might be cheaper in the long run. With kings and queens, you've just got them and a few dozen, maybe a couple of hundred relatives and aristocrats and so on. But it's a lot cheaper, he says, than, than, than having thousands and thousands of government agents and agencies. Well, maybe he was right, eh? And once in a while, you didn't get a bad king. Germany had some good ones, actually. Too. One guy liked to make clocks and things. He wasn't really interested in, in the people or acquiring land or, or fighting wars, isn't it? You know? And this article here, too, says, Key US-EU trade pact under threat after more NAC spying allegations. That's that one again. I read earlier from a different, different newspaper. This one's from The Guardian. It says the prospects for a new trade pact between the U.S. and the European Union worth hundreds of billions have suffered a severe setback following allegations that Washington bugged key EU offices and intercepted phone calls and emails from top officials. Now, those who own the U.S. have done this before. Whenever they join an alliance with something, they did it with NAFTA agreement too and the free trade agreement before that. I don't know if you know it. uh, For the free trade agreement, the Canada bought a whole bunch of new computers. Uh, and from the States. 
And it was a, it was a bureaucrat in Canada who had to get in late at night and didn't, I forgot the password, didn't the password with her. And one higher official says, oh, don't worry about that. So that the guy in the States has got the God password. She never heard of a God password before. And a phone call was made and the guy gave it over, the guy who owned the company. It made the computers. And, and, uh, and sure enough, she was astonished. Anyway, this, this particular bureaucrat blew the whistle and to buy brand new computers. Uh, because the U.S. had been spying on all the data and all the negotiations from the Canadian side to see what they're up to. This is nothing new at all, you see. The U.S. has been known for corporations from its beginning. They should call it a country, the nation of corporations. Now it's the world uh, corporate society. And you always got to know what your enemy is doing. That's how you see it. If you want to win, you don't see uh, competing part, uh, business people. You see enemies. Because they say business is war. Because after all, if you're a people who are determined to survive over other people, I'm not talking about the American people, I'm talking about the ones who own America, then you've got to know all about your enemies. And they see it as a war. You see, those who benefit from all these things at the top of the tree financially have more success for survival in the long run. The big money power gives you a lot more advantage than people who are poor and poor, who die off with different diseases and all the rest of it. They have poor marriage prospects, the ones at the top have good marriage prospects, they marry into other money and intellect and all the rest of it. Or psychopathy, depends how you look upon it. That's the reality of the world. And Barclays also put this article up to, to sell customer data, like they haven't been done it doing it before, right? So the bank tells 13 million customers, customers it's going to start selling information. They've been doing it all along. They call this news. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and there's a guy on the line here, it's Kent from West Virginia, if he's on the line. Are you still there, Kent? Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned about the um, being able to uh, uh, transplant heads because, um, uh, you know, they've been storing these bodies out in California, these cryogenic, cryogenically preserved bodies out in, California, and then out in California, and then some people, it's cheaper to just preserve the head, but there was always a... Uh, an argument that the freezing process would destroy the cells and everything that uh, it would never, you know, they, they, it wouldn't be possible. Yeah. But now the Japanese have a new freezing system. It's called the Cells Alive system. And um, what it does is it somehow through a, a magnetic wave or something, it, it, they developed it for, you know, they're very fanatical about their food and fish and stuff. So they can preserve fish and things like that for years and years, and it uh, tastes exactly the same as if it was freshly caught. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. reading from a website, uh, web-japan.org, and they're saying the mechanism behind CAS, Cells Alive System, has not yet been fully clarified, but experts are considering various medical uses for this process, including the preservation of transplant organs and so forth. And so I can see uh, a frozen head being uh, attached to somebody, in, you know, in the probably not too distant future. If, if in a higher level they haven't done it already, you know. 
Because understand, whatever they disclose to the public is, is low-level information. And even the scientists involved at that level are low-level information. That's why they call it research. The searching was done long ago. And, uh, and the guys in the bottom in research don't even know that. Because when you have to go back, as far back as you go, as the 1920s and 30s, look up the, the, the videos coming out of Russia. And what they were, you'd be astonished at what they'd done already. And, uh, uh, as I say, cutting heads off and keeping them alive by feeding them blood and so on through pumps, etc. And, and believe me, that, that was also put out for the West to see, to see how wonderful the Soviet system was and how advanced they were. But they were, they were doing it with humans too, of course they were. And, and this has been a dream of, uh, power-hungry psychopaths for a long, long, long time. So I'm, I'm pretty certain that they're way, way ever beyond anything they published to the general population. And as I say, you'll find that there's three levels of reality in all sciences. And it starts above uh, university level in professors. It starts above their level. Uh, and that's in, that's in physics and biology and everything else. And, and really, they're way, way ahead of anything that they'll tell you, will publish for you. Anything really secret is kept from the general population. And I'm certain they've done things like this a long time ago. Also, they have cures for pretty well everything they've given us. I say given us, all the diseases they've given us. Uh, they've got cures there which they will not give to the general population because it would go against their policy of population reduction. And, and it depends on your status in the system for those who run the system. Uh, look at Kissinger and these boys and how old they are. Still globetrotting around the world. Same with Brzezinski and, and um, Rockefeller. Give them trucks. You know, around the whole world, sometimes day after day after day, at the ages they're at. And there's not a darn thing wrong with them. That just doesn't happen like that. Watch some reading from uh, the articles, even from papers, that they don't even have reading glasses. They already have advanced sciences. But thanks for calling. From Hamish Myself, Ontario, Canada, is good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>